can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, 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 my music hits me so hard. Makes me say, oh my Lord, thank you for blessing me. What am I doing? Craig, the reviews are in. Have you read them? Have you read them reviews? Of Stop Homer Time, a podcast within a podcast, a subsidiary podcast of Overdue, the <laughs> podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. Um, Emily on Twitter says, I'm terrifically excited to finally get to hear at Overdue Pod's first Stop Homer Time episode, even if I can't stop reminding myself that Emily Wilson liked my sister's book, which I see as a bonus. So a review of us and of Emily Wilson. <laughs> and uh, her Fritz. Book. <laughs> Fritz says, when I saw the episode name, I thought they were going to be Simpsons related. Needless to say, I was disappointed. Great podcast, though. <laughs> so you just save yourself right there at the end. Fritz, thank you. Thank you, Fritz. Uh, James says, so Overdue Pod is great. Like, we all know this, but they've achieved next level greatness with this Stop Homer Time project. And finally, last but definitely not least, my favorite review of them all, uh, Emily Wilson our translator says, on this podcast, Overdue Pod, a classics major and a theater person are discussing my Odyssey translation book by book. So just a st- with more of a statement of fact than a review, but still very the good. The stakes are very high now, I think. She then later retweeted our episode, which I take to mean that she listened to it. So, so just like, <laughs> Emily, let us know if we're doing anything wrong along the way. And so, like, we, at this point, A, here are the two lessons that you should take from Andrew's intro. One is that we're great, and if you don't like the rest of this show, bug out of here. Two. Yeah. Yeah, um, Go sail across the wine dark seas. Don't want to hear it. Two. The stakes are now impossibly high, and we're probably going to, like, freeze midway through because we just hope we get it right. So. No way. No way. So we are going to, we picked up uh, where we pick up. As every episode of Stop Homer Time, <laughs> we pick up yes, where we, we pick up left where off. we pick up, um, and we're picking up where we picked up on book four. What the sea god said. So where mm-hmm. were we last? We saw our heroes, Andrew. Okay, so we're still hanging with Telemachus. Yes, Telemachus is looking for Odysseus. He wants to find him, but he also wants to establish a reputation for himself, which you apparently just do by going around and talking nice to everybody yeah, and just like looking good. You kind of just go around, and if people ask, you're, you say you're Odysseus's son, and like we'll get to why people in this ep- in this episode like know that to be true. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you could just pretend. Like, no one's got Facebook. I feel like you could just go to different Greek islands and be like, hey, I'm looking for my dad. His name's Odysseus. And we're like, yo. You mean there should should be, like, rampant identity theft? Yeah, I think so. uh, And the fact that gods are just pretending to be people all the time. I mean, how do you know anybody's actually them? (laughs) It comes up again in this one of these books. We're going to talk about it. These yeah. gods are out here stealing your identity. They're just out of control. They're all they're charging um, so, up your credit cards. So uh um Menelaus, right, told him, Are we sure what, whose house is he at now? No, now he's at Menelaus's house. He was whose hanging house out, was he at? He was hanging out with Nestor. They were chatting it up. Yes. Nestor is like, Boy, you talk good. Boy, yeah. you talk really yeah. good. Uh let's sacrifice some cows to yep, the gods. And it. then you and my son Pisistratus should go off. And meet Menelaus. And meet Menelaus and ask him about the deal. Correct. Because he got home later than I did. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, he came in after 11. I was uh-huh. home like a good boy. 
Um, so that's where we are. Is Telemachus is at Menelaus's house? Yes, in Sparta, the Sparta, the land of caves and valleys. Um, and he's just like hosting a big wedding feast because all his kids got married at once, mm-hmm. um, including his son Megapenthes, which is okay, an amazing name. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually means great sorrow. Because he was born, and this you know, this translation says, mothered by a slave. He was born while Helen was away in Troy, and Menelaus was sad. Um, um. <laughs> okay. Uh, Megapenthes is Whoops. also um, a, a genus of click beetle, and there's a European click beetle named the Megapenthes lugans, whose common name is Queen's Executioner Beetle. Just very sad clicking beetle. Very sad evil beetle. Uh-huh. Um, so our two boys head into Menelaus' house, and they're just like, yo, this place is pretty cool. There's like bards mm-hmm. and acrobatics. And- well, so what happens is that is that Pisistratus and Telemachus ride up. And some guard of Menelaus oh, yeah. goes to him and says, Your Majesty, there are two men outside, strangers who seem like sons of Zeus. So again, we see um, worthiness like conveyed yes. by comparing them to gods. Please tell me, should we take off the harness from their horses or send them off to find another host? Flushed Menelaus shouted angrily, You used to have some brains. Now you're talking like a silly child. We too were fed by many different hosts before returning home, as we may hope for Zeus to keep us safe in future times, untack their horses, lead them into dine. Yeah, and then like you idiot, you idiot. Let these <laughs> you strangers, let these beautiful strangers into my house, and I'll care for them. <laughs> and so they like come in, and the like the slaves he has working for them like bathe, bathe them, and bathe them and rub them. them down in olive oil. They're so oily. They didn't have mm-hmm. like banana boat. It was for the sun. It's like SPF thirty olive oil. Uh, yep. Um, and uh, right after that olive oil line um, is actually, a, I've been trying to note some of the verse stuff that crops up uh, along the way. And there's You a, are the theater person. I am the theater person. You're the classics person. There is a breach in the the iambic pentameter when oh, nice. uh, the guys, after getting all rubbed down with olive oil, um, <laughs> dressed them in their wool cloaks and tunics and then seated them beside the son of Atreus, King Menelaus. Now, am I saying Atreus right, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Great. Um, so you probably. can, yeah, probably. You can hear <laughs> the son of Atreus, King Menelaus, has like extra. There's no way to run that through in the rhythm. I think it's it sounds like a dactyl, which is like an it's like bump bump bump. It's like a one emphasis and then two low emphasis beats, um, which is sort of how a lot of Greek verses handled. But I also like that that happening when we first get him referred to as King Menelaus. Because throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the book, he's like, he's flushed Menelaus. He's ruddy Menelaus. I do. I was just going to note that Menelaus. he's flushed and ruddy. It just makes him sound like he's always had like three or four drinks. I, maybe it might be a film that I can't remember a depiction of him, but I just keep thinking of like Gimli. Like I just am thinking okay, of John this, Davies. this like bearded, red-faced guy who's just drinking with his olive oil slaves all day. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's always like, oh, I'm Menelaus, my wife. And my Ray. axe. And my axe. Um, so they're hanging out, and he's like, eat all my food, have a great time. Help yourselves enjoy the food when you have shared 
our meal, we will begin to ask you who you are. Your fathers must be scepter-bearing kings. The sons of peasants do not look like you. So with that, he took the dish of rich roast meat cut from the back, which it was his special meal, <laughs> and offered it to them. So eat have my, some butt. Have some butt meat. Eat my special butt meat, and then I'll ask <laughs> who you are. Uh huh. Like, okay. And meanwhile, uh, like Pistras and Telemachus are like, "Yo, this place is super dope. It's mm-hmm. really pretty." He's yeah, got- they're looking around. It's all shiny and full of treasures. Um, and we get this moment where they're like, "Oh, it's almost like Mount Olympus." And then we get this big long speech from Menelaus where he's like, nah, no man is like a god. I learned the hard way. And the thing that uh, that struck me, and I think this crops up again later in the book, if I recall, um, he says, I wish I had stayed here. Um, what is the line? I wish I had stayed here with just a third of all the treasures I have now acquired if those who died at Troy so far away from Argive pastures were alive and well. Uh, I sit here in my palace mourning all who died and often weeping. Um, and there's this like, yo, that war wasn't worth it. Like, yeah. if this is what I got, then maybe I shouldn't have got it. Uh, yeah, there is there is a lot of a lot of weeping and, and sorrow in this, yeah. in this chapter. So um, we find out through the course of this conversation that Menelaus got home. Um, after eight years on the road. So he was at Troy for 10 years with everybody, and then he spent eight years getting home. So yes. he's been home for apparently a couple of years, but the the way time kind of flows in this book makes it seem like it was yesterday yeah. <laughs> or like That's last true. week that he got home well, with all his treasure. He got home, and then he had to like plan all of his son's weddings, and it took some time. Right. Um, and he's telling this story, and his wife walks in to do her knitting? His wife, who is Helen of Troy. Yes. The, uh, she's coming. The, the Helen of Troy. The Helen of Troy. And she is like coming in with her wool to like watch her stories and do some knitting. And she's like, who are these guys in my house? What's this about? I have never, what, I never saw two people so alike as this boy and Telemachus, the son of spirited Odysseus. <laughs> I have in my notes, yo, this kid looks like that baby's face, and I know faces, mine started a war, is there, what Helen yeah. basically says here. Listen, I'm the expert on faces in here. Do you know where that phrase Also, she's totally from? a narc, too. She's like, totally maybe, a narc. <laughs> maybe he didn't want to be recognized. <laughs> Do you know where that- what, Which- uh, The face that launched a thousand ships, Andrew? Do I know where it came from? Yeah. That, Not exactly, no. Uh, it comes from the play The Tragical History of the Life and Death of Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe, huh. um, where Faust, and that's Faust has been written about by other people, but Faust gets like magic powers from the devil and uses it to like play like pranks on people, and he summons Helen's ghost to like date her for a little while, I think. It doesn't go well for him. He gets dragged down to hell, but... Uh, that's where that phrase comes from, even though like people say it a lot when they're telling this story or when they're talking about the the Battle of Troy. Um, mm-hmm. And while that concept is certainly part of the part of the myth or the story, it's certainly like that phrase actually comes from like a random British dude. Sure. Um, and then Menelaus is like, "Yeah, this dude does look like Odysseus. You're right." I re- and also he cried really bad when I <laughs> talked about Odysseus earlier. <laughs> He also is like, Odysseus had hands like those, those legs, that hair, that head, that glancing. Andrew, I know my friends very well, but I uh-huh. think, I don't know that I could describe them as well as like Menelaus 
I don't know that I could just like spot your kid ten years later and be like, Yo, that's that's Andrew's boy. <laughs> those are Andrew's games. I know I know those games anywhere. <laughs> but I that is a, a like a jumping off point, right, to Menelaus being like, Yo, I loved your dad. Like he was my best. Just they were dude. very, very good friends. Well, and he says he would have brought if he had survived or if he had not survived, if he had come back with him, his plan was to give him a town in Argos so that they could just uh-huh. hang out all the time. <laughs> Though Menelaus That's does, very that's very cute, actually. Well, he does say driving out the natives from somewhere hereabouts under my rule. Sure, so you know, just like taking the land from someone, maybe less cute, but it's like Greek gentr- I'll allow Greek it. gentrification is what's happening. He's gonna buy mm-hmm. his buddy a house in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um and so then So they're all crying and all Helen crying. brings out all of her good, good drugs, like very good drugs that she has. Yeah, well yeah, because Pisistratus is like, tell me about my brother. And Manolais is like, he was a cool dude, but he's dead now. Sorry. And they're all crying and they're just, then just crying is not for dinner. Don't cry at dinner. And she brings out good, good medicine drugs that will apparently numb your senses so you don't cry. Like even if your dad dies. Like right in, if someone killed your dad with a bronze spear right in front of you, you You wouldn't wouldn't cry. cry. And, you know, they say, well, we'll talk in the morning. We'll cry in the morning. Like just, let's just eat now and, and then move on with our lives yeah yeah they do a little talk of like the trojan horse and apparent there's like this part of that story that i don't remember where everyone's in the horse and like helen who's blaming aphrodite for this i think is like going out and trying to lure them out of the horse by like pretending to be their wives yeah so i don't remember remember it's been a while since i've (laughs) It's been a while, like I knew that, but I did. it's been a while since I've read the Iliad, so I don't remember how much of the horse stuff is actually it's, in that I don't think it is. Book. I don't think it is um, at all. But yeah, there's, you know, I don't know. It seems like they go to a lot of lengths to like figure out whether there are people in it, but they don't open it up. Well, and this story has <laughs> Odysseus like in there, like... Dude, we're in Troy. That's totally not your wife. Like, don't yeah, go right. out so there. He, yeah, so he's like covering people's mouths, and it's meant to show, I think, how Odysseus is just a clever guy. Um, so yeah, this like the Nestor chapter, we get a little bit of the Trojan War here, like mm-hmm. a little bit of a recap and filling in the gaps. And then um, I believe the next morning, uh, Telemachus and Menelaus go and talk. And Menelaus is like, tell me where my dad is. Like, tell me what's up. Telemachus asks Menelaus that. Yeah, Telemachus yeah. asks. Yeah. And um, so Menelaus says, you know, I, I can tell you a bunch about all the people who are coming home. Um, Ajax didn't make it. Uh, Poseidon <laughs> sunk his ships, but then saved him. But then Ajax said, I didn't, I didn't need any gods. I escaped on my own. And then Poseidon like crack the rock he was on and dumped him into the water yeah. and killed him. So apparently this was a rough time to like boast, right? If you if you did anything and did not explicitly thank a god for helping you. No boasting. Chances are that god would like kill you or take you from your family. So or- lessons we've learned <laughs> is any person could be a god. Uh-huh. And also any like the gods are just everywhere so never stop looking around never never stop stop looking over your shoulder never stop looking around and then he tells this story 
of the of the old sea god Proteus, who's like an old man who lives in the ocean, who can shape shift and tell the future. Who oh did we? I wanted to talk about Agron, Agrimemnon. Oh yeah, hit too. me with Agrimemnon. Who's the other? Who's the other guy who died? He made it home, but Aegisthus was there, had like taken over his home and killed Agamemnon over the dinner yes. table. Yes, and then Orestes avenges him. Um, yeah, which is like that whole biz. Uh huh. Um, but then he needs to like enlist the help. He's like, let me tell you about the time I was on this beach hanging out with a goddess. And she's the daughter of another god. And she said, here's how you trap my dad. <laughs> and well, so it was, he was trapped mm-hmm. on this on this island for like 20 days. So it's it's not dissimilar from Odysseus's current situation. I think in the last episode or episodes, we said that um, Circe had him on the island. It he does Calypso. run into Circe, but it's actually Calypso. Yeah. And they are commonly confused, apparently. So just like mark that up to... <laughs> to uh, I don't know, minor gods with C names. Yes. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about Calypso a little bit more when we get into book five. But Menelaus is is I don't know, he's very contrite. He's like, Could you could you just tell me what god I made mad so I can make it right and go home? Like, can you please just tell me what I did? But to do that, he has to like I don't like capture a god by lying in the sand underneath a bunch of dead seals it's not even dead seals it's just seals who well i I don't remember if they lay under seals or under pelts but the deal is she she gives them seal skins to hide under this guy is gonna like come out of the water and he's gonna count his seals and then he's gonna go to sleep (laughs) and while he's asleep you need to jump on him and he's gonna shape shift around he's gonna become all kinds of stuff he's gonna become water and fire but you just hold on to him and then when he shapeshifts back into like a human form, he'll tell you what you he'll need to tell know. you all the stuff you need to know. Like that's how that's his secret weak point. Yeah. Um. So they lay down <laughs> in like in on, all among the seals, and they talk about how it stinks like seal really bad. Yep. But um, the goddess like rubs ambrosia or something in their noses so it doesn't smell like seals anymore. So they're just laying, laying, laying. The guy I comes thought up. They smell bad on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. Uh, the seals and the guy come up. He counts the seals. He even ca- he so and he counts them as seals, which I don't like. Is the seal counting just a thing he has to do to fall asleep? Yeah. Like, does he not know how many he has? It's unclear if he's like checking that he has the right number of seals or if he or just, he just likes, likes to, to count know. Them. Yeah. Um, oh, three new seals today. <laughs> and then yeah, and then they jump on him and they hold him down, and because yeah, it's Menelaus and his two best guys. Yeah. Um, and he's like, down. he's like, listen, old God, tell me, gods know everything. He says the phrase gods know everything to God's faces like multiple times, which is a good way. I think I'm just going to start when I need someone to tell me something. I'm just going to yell, you know everything. Just tell me because maybe it'll like butter him up into, into Play, like, like bad cop, omniscient cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's like, oh, you should have given Zeus and everyone else like more gifts. Um, so now you need to go to Egypt and go back to Egypt and kill a hundred cows. <laughs> it's like the worst fetch but quest. But you can only carry 250 pounds of meat back to the wagon, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate the early levels of World of Warcraft so much. 
go to Egypt, kill a hundred cows. You gotta grind on these cows. Grind on these cows. Now, did you know, uh, Andrew? That they don't even have good drops. I know. Ugh. <laughs> uh, common beef. Um, <laughs> Proteus is where we get the word protean from. Um, uh-huh. He's one of the. He's referred to as one of the first gods, which is Protos, right? But um, they' not sure if he's like a son of Poseidon or a brother or something. But he is the god of elusive sea change. Like the water changes all the time, and he is a shapeshifter. Um, and that's why, like, when you refer to someone as like Protean or Mercurial, like, they're, it's because they're being shifty and they're changing their tune, right? Got they're it. inconstant. Um, it's pretty cool. I like I like finding out this this stuff as we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, then he gets away. It was hard. Um, but he makes it. But now he's home. He lives in this solid gold house. Yep, with all of all of his olive oil, um, and he tries to give Telemachus a bunch of horses. <laughs> I really like. <laughs> then tactfully, Telemachus replied, "Please do not keep me here so long, my lord. Indeed, I would be glad to stay a year. I would not even miss my home or parents. I get such pleasure listening to you. But my poor friends are surely tired of waiting in Pylos. They've been there for not even twenty-four hours. It's fine." Yep. <laughs> Uh, you have made me stay too long, and for a gift, please only give me treasure. <laughs> Keep your lovely horses here. I cannot. I cannot transport them all the way to Ithaca. He's like, we don't have a place for horses. And that's what I. That's. Do you remember? That's what I wrote on our wedding invitation. Yes. Please only give me treasure. <laughs> We're saving up to buy a horse. No gifts, only treasure. Only treasure. And he's and Menelaus is like, that's good. I'll give Here's you... Here's this sick bowl that <laughs> I have. sick bowl that a god made that I just have in my house. God, these people rule. Like, what? what? <laughs> um, and then they all come in, and it's like, okay, great. And then, like, smash cut to Odysseus's house? Yeah, so this is where the Telemachus bit of the book ends. Like, we're, we're caught up on, on what everybody else has been doing. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I think um, Menelaus, does he say he doesn't know quite what happened to Odysseus? He's out I don't remember there. like what the segue was. Um, I think he's like, you he's, gotta I think he's go. just like, oh, if there's this guy who's like, he's so favored by the gods that I'm sure he's still alive or something like that. Yeah, because he doesn't even say like, you should go somewhere and find out more about him, right? Right, yeah, like he, so he knows the the Achaeans who died on the way home from Troy, yeah, or the Argives or whatever they're Argives, right? Yes, he does, he does. Uh, so he knows the ones who died, and Odysseus is not among them, so I guess he must still be out there. And so, book five is our first book with Odysseus. We catch up to him. He's on Calypso's island. He's crying. Oh, but well, um, but there's like a little interlude where all the suitors are like let's go kill telemachus oh, right, right, right. yeah yeah um and they're like in penelope's house being like what he went away and he took your boat i'm we're gonna go kill him everybody's and this is when the guy Noman, who uh is the guy whose son or not the guy whose boat uh telemachus took hello Noman. <laughs> you um and he's like oh yeah i saw mentor embark as captain 
or perhaps not mentor, but a god who looked like him. This puzzles me that yesterday at dawn I saw a great mentor here, though he had gone to Pylos in the ship. Everyone knows that gods walk among us. That's Occam's razor. Like you see a guy in a place where he shouldn't be, must be wait, must be a god did it. Wait, Craig, I just I I just saw the ball game on TV, and Craig was at the game. Craig was he, on the kiss cam. He but said he was home next sick. to me. Oh no, <laughs> he must be a god. That's a, that's actually a really good excuse for getting out of work. Oh, it's Athena. She must have taken on my my appearance. You didn't and see gone me to the, the baseball yeah, game. Yeah, you did not see me on TV. Um, and so they're gonna go out there and they're gonna kill him. And um, a a boy, Meden, Maiden, um, who works in the house, tells Penelope what's up. And we get another. Penelope's real worried about it. She tells the old, um, the old, uh, like nanny, Eurycleia, hey, go get Laertes. We got to stop them. And Eurycleia is like, hey, just pump the brakes. The I... gods really like your family. So, like, <laughs> yeah. probably it'll be fine. Uh, I, was... I bet she feels stupid if Telemachus gets killed. Yeah. She's like, oh, I totally was part of this plan. I'm so sorry. Um, and then cut back to the suitors who are just like yelling. That they're what this lady's gonna marry one of them and they're gonna kill her son, and yeah, so they like sail off to hide on this rock island and yes. just wait for Telemachus to come back. And Athena like sends a ghost to go tell Penelope that like, hey, everything's fine, don't worry about it. It's like a phantom of uh, ipphamy, I guess. Gazunhaid. <laughs> Um, and she's like, no, don't worry. Your son's going to be fine. Athena's taking care of everything. And Penelope's like, hey, if you're a god, is my husband okay? And the spirit says, I cannot tell you whether he is alive or dead. No comment, no comment, no comment. Um, Maybe if she grabbed the ghost and wrestled her to the ground. Yes. And Uh, told her that she knew that the ghost knew everything, she would get an answer. (laughs) So book five is actually a little bit shorter like a little less happens. Like there's a council of the gods where right. Athena's like, hey, are we really going to let this happen to Odysseus? And Zeus is like, I mean, didn't you get all mad at him first? <laughs> <laughs> and aren't you like taking care of it right now? Just like keep going. Yeah. So so Zeus says, yeah, it's time. It's time for our boy to go home. It's it's past time. But the thing is, nobody thinks to check with Poseidon about this. And Poseidon is the one who's mad at Odysseus in the first place. That's very true. So Odysseus is on this island with Calypso. He's crying. Um, so we had talked like I, I had made a joke about Odysseus being like trapped on an island and being forced to make love to a beautiful woman, which which. Reading the text, and I'm not sure exactly how it's presented in the original Greek. Yeah. But like reading the text, the impression that I got was that Odysseus may have been into it at first, but now he's just kind of tired of it. So there, there, yeah, I don't really, I didn't get the, imp- well, there's clearly some like coercion going on because she, she's got him on this island. She won't let him leave. Like there's this whole thing where like he goes and lies with her at night and she, he's not interested even though she still is. So yeah, let me uh, let me find the quote. So, um, this is after Hermes has shown up by Zeus's order on Calypso's island 
to be like, hey, you got to let this guy go. And we're I want to come back to what Calypso says in response to Hermes. But Oh, yeah, because that, that's really, really great. It's a really yeah, cool speech. Um, mm-hmm. But when Calypso goes to Odysseus, here's what we see. She found him on the shore. His eyes were always tearful. He wept sweet life away in longing to go back home since she no longer pleased him. He had no choice. He spent his nights with her inside her hollow cave, not wanting her, though she still wanted him. By day, he sat out on the rocky beach in tears and grief, staring in heartbreak at the fruitless sea. Um, so, and I had been reading a little bit about Calypso um, just as like, because she is a goddess who's a like daughter of a titan and stuff. Um, and that initially maybe she had cast a spell on him because she wants him to be her immortal husband. Yeah, she, and she even she wants a forever like, husband. So um, the, this other god comes to the island, says, "Calypso, you gotta let this guy go." Zeus said so. Like, there's no, he's the big man. You can't argue with them. And so Calypso's like, "Fine, I'll do it, I guess." And then she goes to Odysseus. She talks to him and um, tries to convince him to stay. And she says, "And anyway, I know my body is better than hers is. I am taller too. <laughs> Mortals can never rival the immortals in beauty." So Odysseus, with tact, said, do not be enraged at me. That is the funniest line I've read in a long time. Uh, and she's and this this chapter also, we are repeatedly reminded. So he goes on to say, you know, I know you're so beautiful. You're deathless, ageless, et cetera, but I want to go home. And just call back to, um, so when Telemachus refused the horses from, um, from Menelaus, he also was described as being tactful. Mm, so that, yeah. that may be a family trade. I'm that's, not sure. No, that's nice. Um, also, the gods like uh, Hermes, Zeus, Calypso are repeatedly referred to as deathless. Poseidon is referred to as de- like in On the one hand, it like helps fill out the poetry. It's actually a really useful word for filling out the rhythm of the poetry. But it's also just this, like, they operate on a different time scale. They don't have the same stakes as humans. Um, it's it's an interesting word. I was surprised that it came up as many times as it did. Um, but before Calypso gets to that point, she has this exchange uh, where Hermes has said, like, listen, you got to do what Zeus says. And she is like, listen, all these dude gods get to take ladies whenever they want. And there are no consequences. <laughs> Should we just read this whole bit? Like, yeah, I can go start for it. And then you can pick it up. Go for it. Um, Calypso shuddered and let fly at him. You cruel, jealous gods. You bear a grudge whenever any goddess takes a man to sleep with as a lover in her bed. Just so the gods who live at ease were angry when rosy-fingered dawn took up Orion and from her golden throne chased Artemis, attacked and killed him with her gentle arrows. Demeter with the cornrows in her hair indulged her own desire and she made love with Iazon. In a triple fur- triple furrowed fields, till Zeus found out, hurled flashing flame and killed him. You take so you know, now you, you male god Craig. So now you male gods are upset with me for living with a man, a man I saved. Zeus pinned his ship and with his flash of lightning smashed it to pieces. All his friends were killed out on the wine dark sea. This man alone, clutching the keel, was swept by wind and wave and came here to my home. I cared for him and loved him, and I vowed to set him free from time and death forever. Still, I know no other god can change the will of Zeus. So let him go if that is Zeus's order across the Barren Sea. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. But it's this really good... I did not... I certainly did not remember that this was part of this part of Calypso's story. And we don't ever yeah. see Calypso again, right? 
I I don't remember if as we like because we go back in time and and follow Odysseus from Troy up to Calypso's island. I'm not sure if it loops all the way back around. Mm. I think it does. I think we might see her again. But um, but this is her like. I did what you guys do all the time. Yeah, like Zeus has kids with everybody. Like his <laughs> holidays must be very complicated because he has kids all over town. Like Athena sprang from his head fully formed. Like he's having kids that aren't even with anybody. <laughs> well, and the worst that happens is then like Hera shows up and turns that lady into a horse or whatever. Like she doesn't do anything to Zeus regularly. Um, it's always punishing the people that Zeus sleeps with, and but yeah, so like the women and 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 female gods are not allowed to or are punished for the same thing that male gods do literally all the time. Like gods are transforming themselves into horses and having sex with ladies. Like it's there's <laughs> there are no rules. Anything goes unless you're a woman, in which case please give up your man. Yeah. Because it's time for him to go home. Yeah. Because you said so. It really stinks. Um, so I, I just wanted, there was a struck me funny that happened uh, that I don't want to miss. This is all striking me funny. It is. Um, it's very good. The When Calypso is like, listen, Odysseus, just go. I'm going to get rid of you. It's fine. Um, My body's better, but whatever. Just get out of here. She says, I am quite ready now to send you off. Using your sort of bronze, cut trunks and build a raft and goes on. I saw the phrase using your sword of bronze cut trunks and I was like how's he going to make pants with a sword? I don't Craig. know. I I honestly stopped and my my brain saw the word trunks and I was just like he's he has pants, right? Like she didn't keep him from having pants. The the one the thing that struck me funny was just a line break at the beginning of book four. They came to Sparta, land of caves and valleys, and drove to Menelaus's house. They found him hosting a wedding feast for many guests to celebrate his children's marriages. In Troy, he had declared that he would give his daughter to Achilles' son, who ruled. <laughs> line break, <laughs> like page break. Yeah, his son rules. You're gonna marry him. <laughs> um, so the next day, he does take his sword. And he makes a boat. He cuts some trunks. Um, he originally, I think Zeus was like, "You're just gonna make a raft." It seems like a pretty dope raft. Like it's got a sail. And he's stuff. gonna make. He's gonna make a raft, and he's gonna sail. Like what he's got to do is he's got to. Um, do you remember the name of the specific land he's going to? Like he has to suffer just a little bit more, but he's getting off Calypso's island. It's referred he's- to as the Phaeacian land. When he's sailing, let me just double check. Yeah, so he's gonna go there. Yeah, like as a as a beggar, but they will clean him up and give him a ship and some guys, and they'll send him on his way. Correct, correct. The magical, yes. So he will arrive at Scaria. The magical Phaeacians will respect him like a god. Um, I don't know why, but because he looks like a god. Okay, because he's and probably born. he talks good. Yeah, like he, it's yeah, he's a very You don't have you don't have to have like ID. Like you just <laughs> you just look like you look. Uh and so he sets out Tom Hanks castaway style and well Pos- Poseidon is like what the heck? No one told me. Wait, who let this happen? Who let this happen? <laughs> who let Odysseus out? Uh, uh woof woof woof. Um and he just tries to kill him, and it doesn't really work. Um, well, because another god intervenes and yes. is like, "Listen, just let Poseidon blow himself out." 
yeah. and put on my like take off all your clothes and put on the scarf and then swim. This is swim for it. Yeah, this is Eno, the white goddess, comes out and gives Brian Eno, the <laughs> white goddess, plays some tunes and gives uh, Odysseus a scarf. Um, that's like, all right, you can swim with this. Um, but also then remember to take it off. And he's like, I don't know, you might be playing a, twi- a trick, but okay. Um, cause the gods are tricking me all the time and he makes it, he does make it. It's pretty rough, pretty rough going. He has to swim for two days after he falls off the raft. Pretty bad. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, and then Athena like grabs all the winds and is just like, shut up, like just cool it for cool a second. Wind. Yeah, let my guy go. Um, and then he like floats up a river and just crawls on the land and is like, this is, um, I got to get, I got to find a house or something. I can't just be it's, here on the beach. So, we're, so going back to Winer Watch, just like watching for these manly, godly <laughs> men just whine about their lot in life. Okay. Odysseus says, like, when Calypso is talking about letting him go, he's like, I don't care if I suffer. I know suffering. I'm used to suffering. Just let me go. I just want to go. So she lets him go. And then he's out there on this raft (laughs) in the storm. More pain. How will it end? I'm afraid the goddess spoke the truth that I will have a sea of sufferings before I reach my homeland. It is coming true. Zeus whirls the air. Look at those clouds. He agitates the waves as winds attack from all directions. I can hold on to one thing, certain death. Those Greeks were lucky three and four times over who died upon the plain of Troy to help with the sons of to help the sons of Atreus. I wish I had died that same day the massive Trojans hurled their bronze tipped spears at me around the corpse of Peleus' son. I would have had a funeral in honor for the Greeks, but now I have to die this cruel death. Man, this sucks. I wish I was dead. <laughs> People He's, who died were lucky. Man, I hate this raft the and this most storm. Eloquent whining ever. Like even when then when like he gets knocked off the raft and he's like floating in the in the ocean, he's like <laughs> really eloquent about it. Um when it's Odysseus, they're wine wine dark seas. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And then he gets on the beach and he's like, What now? What will become of me? But then he finds like a couple of good bushes and he makes a grass bed and he falls asleep. And he's like, you know what? This bed's all right. Yeah. And it, there's like a moment where he's like, this bed uh, scraped a bed together of leaves. There were enough to cover two against the worst of winter. He's like, oh, sick this bed. This is twice as many leaves as I need. <laughs> this is going to be good. Nice. <laughs> Um, and we get this like interesting little simile to close out the chapter as when a man who lives out on a lonely farm that has no neighbors buries a glowing torch inside black embers to save the seed of fire and keep a source. So was Odysseus concealed in leaves that like that little simile taught me something about living alone on a farm. Like (laughs) if I live on a farm like 10 miles from anyone I might keep like a little extra fire going even when I don't need to stay warm because you never know. Like if sure. it goes out and I can't start a new one, that's bad. Yeah. Hey, you need a little bit of, you need some embers to start a new fire ba- with. You're just keeping hope alive for the future. Concealed like a bug out bag, Odysseus was. Like mm-hmm. have your medication and your bottle of water and your crank radio. <laughs> But yeah, so th- more bad things have happened to Odysseus. He's not out of the woods yet, but he is 
Like he is dislodged from the place where he was stuck. He's off the Calypso Island. He is he is on the next step of his journey. And so I I believe the next book is him getting taken in by these people. And then the like the go back in time is they ask him to like what say happened what's to happened, him basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's told in story form, like a lot of these sort of flashbacks have been. Sure. So I guess what moved Athena to go back to Zeus and be like, yo, we gotta we gotta bring him home is I guess a mix of how sad Telemachus is, how sad Odysseus is, and the angry suitors on a boat. Well, and I think there's just the, the there seems to be a prevailing sense among the gods that like yeah this is enough <laughs> twenty years is enough it's he can go home now he's done his time yeah let him true. out on good behavior that's true that, yes he we we have accepted his appeal he's out on parole we're gonna let this guy go home um, one other thing that I liked is that as you mentioned how the kind of Menelaus Telemachus stuff wraps up in book four. When Menelaus isn't like, yeah, you don't, your dad's gonna come home. It's gonna be fine. They're gonna take care of him. Um, he also is like, oh man, those suitors are idiots. Your sat, your dad is gonna destroy them like a lion eats a dumb deer's babies when it puts its babies in a lion's cave. <laughs> it's this awesome image where, like, it's like, oh, you know, like, like when the deer leaves its babies in a cave that belongs to a lion and then goes hunting for food and then the lion eats the babies. That's going to be I your dad on these suitors. I feel like it's less poetic than the like embers in the flame thing, <laughs> but still effective. I want my Menelaus to like be my football coach because I think he would come up with gruff Menelaus would come up with some. Can cool we things get to say. Menelaus like played by Kyle Chandler? Oh, Connie Britton as Helen of Troy. <laughs> not bad actually it's pretty all right that could work that could work and matt saracen is the telemachus character (laughs) friday night i'm just gonna i'm gonna wait i just gonna wait for it i have it i don't i'm really sorry Uh, we'll get there we'll figure it out we got a lot of episodes to yeah we got continue our friday night lights the odyssey smash fiction (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the show thanks everyone for listening we made it to the end of book do five we, do we want to like we talked a lot about the books like is there any we still good like is there do we need to check in with anything like is what thing else that you liked like do you oh are you still enjoying the translation yeah i'm i'm really enjoying the translation we we didn't uh really get to talk about the moment when helen finds out that telemachus's life is in danger um there's like this beat where the life is like leaving her body because she's so worried. Um, and it's the first time that I noticed like a bunch of semicolons in a row. Um, at the news, her legs grew weak. Her heart sank. She was struck dumb for a time. Her voice blocked as her eyes filled up with tears. Um, and again, that doesn't like that's not if if you read it like strictly to the rhythm, it's, it can feel awkward. So the point is that it's kind of breaking it up. Those semicolons can be fun when you're like launching verse text um, uh-huh. as a speaker or as a reader um, even though when when I was taught how to do Shakespeare um, and now I'm an expert of course um, uh-huh. You're you, a theater person he uh, we don't really know if all the punctuation was actually his like it's been like built up over 400 years so like punctuation on Shakespearean text is a good like use what's useful and ignore 
everything else. <laughs> um, this is obviously way more purposeful, so we can kind of derive some actual like meaning from it. But um, I was struck by that as a like, oh, this is a this is a shared line with with Meaden. It is um, breaking up the rhythm as like her body is kind of collapsing and and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's good. And there's as we said before, there's a couple lines that actually like made me laugh, like Odysseus with tact. And stuff like that. That's just yeah. like I didn't know <laughs> that it was gonna be this. Like that he's gonna have to be like, yeah, you're pretty, but I want. I really, go home I mean, like life. I, re- I did really enjoy the like reality television vibe of Calypso <laughs> letting him go. Like you don't, you're gonna give this up, but sure, you go back to your, go back to your ratchet old lady. It's fine. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so yeah, we'll find out. I don't know how long it is until we meet Cersei, but we will actually separate Cersei from Calypso yeah, uh, we will. in our minds later on. And we'll we'll meet these people and we'll listen to Odysseus tell a story next because there's lots yeah. of storytelling. There's a lot of storytelling in this here story. Time to hear his story. Um, what's the outro? I, we don't have one yet. Get out of my house. Get out of my house was an experimental one. Anyone is there could, any, any the gods know everything. The gods know everything. Never never stop watching. Be always constant vigilance. How about has anyone used that? No one said constant vigilance. End of the it's show. It's a Harry it's a Harry Potter thing. That's all right, we're done. Can't touch this. Look, man, can't touch this. You better get a hype, boy, because you know you can't you can't touch this. Ring the bell, school's back in. Break it down. Um, this week, month, whatever, we're reading Whoa. books, what is it, books six and seven, which books are not six. the most eventful books we've read. But uh, Well, Craig that's the would... sound of people turning off the podcast. Way to go, Well, I mean, Andrew. they're event, no, come back, come back, come back. Um, <laughs> what, Craig, happened before, though? Like, what is, what previously on the Odyssey, what was going on? Boo-doo, 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 boo. Previously on the Odyssey, um, the suitors found out about telemachus like going off to learn about his dad telemachus is odysseus's son uh-huh. and that's why he's large adult son his large adult it's son. been pointed out that telemachus is the original large adult son <laughs> we don't we yet to be seen if he's an absolute unit um i don't think but, he is i think no i think this the the cyclops are the absolute absolute units he um, is, yeah it's big boy season and the cyclops <laughs> is the big boy <laughs> Uh, the suitors are going to go kill Telemachus. That's the end of book four. Uh, book five is Odysseus on the island of Calypso. Athena has convinced Zeus that uh, Odysseus has had enough. Time to let him free. So he sails away from the island Ogygia. Ogygia. But, no, but nobody CCs Poseidon on no, that email. He does not get that email. So he wrecks uh, Odysseus's raft. And then Odysseus uh, sail or he swims to Phaeacia. Phaeacia. Sure. Felicia, not yep. Felicia. Bye, Phaeacia. <laughs> <laughs> he swims to Phaeacia and he uh, like swims up a river and some river god, unnamed, I think, is like, yeah, you're cool. And then he goes to sleep in a tree 
He goes to sleep in a big old bush or a tree or something. And uh, and Athena is gonna take care of him. So I did Athena a little... like Athena like dumps sleep over him. <laughs> yeah. She We're just gonna... like pours sleep all over him. I, I want to make sure we come back to another thing that she pours over him. Yeah, no, that yeah, me too, me too. Because I'm very um, I'm very into it. A little bit on Phaeacia. Uh, you may, if you are a scholar of ancient history, you may also know it know it as Scaria, um, mm-hmm. or Sharia, but Scaria mm-hmm. perhaps. It is likely based on the island of Kurfu in the Ionian Gazunheit. Sea. Thank you. Um, there's an islet nearby named Pontaconisi, which is rumored to be one of the Phaeacian ships. Maybe even the ship that Odysseus was on. Yeah, so they they say so. This is spoilers for the Odyssey if you're reading along with us for the sure, first time. Sure, sure. But like according to myth, the Phaeacians end up giving Odysseus a ship, and then Poseidon is still being a drama queen about it, and he <laughs> turns it into stone. And there is a small, vaguely boat shaped island yes. near Corfu. Yes, and they claim that that's the petrified ship. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, why not? I guess. Um, There was apparently a geographer in the like 6th century uh, common era, not BC era. Um, Maybe even older than that. I don't know. He was saying that these islands might have been... eras do you think there were? Like 15 eras. um, That these islands might have been all the way out in the Atlantic based on how you translate the Odyssey. But I didn't didn't see any information corroborating that. Yeah. the Phaeacians did not participate in the Trojan War. The root of their Greek name means gray, so maybe it's like, well, they couldn't pick a side. They're in between, I guess. Uh, is that really? Hmm. I don't know. I would assume like gray had, had would have something to do with like the sea or like fog or something because they're like probably, a seafaring people who are good at ships. Probably that also. But you know, if if you are someone who's like, why didn't you take a side? Whoa, it's all gray to you, huh? That's that's the one thing about classical myth that I like is that nobody's wrong. <laughs> True. Um, as long as you can even kind of support it with the text, then you're right. And this is something is I didn't saying. know. Apparently, some of the descriptions um, of Corfu and Scaria, etc., uh, are similar to Plato's description of Atlantis. And I don't... Did you know this, Andrew, that Atlantis is actually from a, like... I know it's not real. I know it's not real, but that Plato wrote a like utopian text where um, he made up Atlantis as the like enemy of Athens or or whatever. Um, so it's actually like a, I feel like Athens had plenty of real enemies. <laughs> that's true, like Sparta and stuff. It's true, and like um, Macedonia or whatever. But I didn't realize that it was like created in this allegorical text, which of course. Like a bunch of dudes in the 19th century are like, but what if it was real? <laughs> I mean, maybe one of the smartest people who ever lived made it up as an allegory for something. But what if it's real? What if the what Merman, if it's real? What if it's real? What if King Triton? What if the Little Mermaid? It all goes back. Is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be Atlantis? Is it not? I haven't watched. I haven't watched the Little Mermaid in a long time. Is it not? I don't know. They don't even know what a fork is called. So, like, how can they be so <laughs> how smart? How does he and cool? have a tr- a trident and not know what a? And fork nobody is? knows what a fork is. Oh, this is just a giant s- snorflat or whatever it's called. <laughs> what are the? It's like a s- snorflat and a like a 
Garfunkel, what's a pipe called? Simon and Gorfblatt. They uh they live in Atlantica, not Atlantis, but heavily influenced. Oh, Atlantica. Okay, okay, okay. okay. All right, book six of the Odyssey. We wasted book six enough of the of your Odyssey. Time. We waste a lot of time because not a lot. So, so book six and book seven are kind of the same story, and like neither is especially eventful. So Odysseus is washed up on Phaeacia. Yep, and. He is like sleeping because Athena dumped sleep on him. Correct. And then we meet this this uh this young woman who is the princess of the Phaeacians. Her name is uh, Nauska. Yes. She's a princess. She is a and sleeping princess. She's a sleeping princess. And Athena comes into her room disguised as one of her friends. This is the first of many disguises that Athena pulls on, trying to like trick these people into being nice to Odysseus. <laughs> Uh-huh. And she's like, hey, girl, your clothes are wicked dirty. Why don't you go down to the river with all your clothes and wash your clothes? Not, But not just, oh, your clothes are dirty, but um, your clothes are lying there in dirty heaps, though you will soon be married and you need a pretty dress to wear and clothes to give to all your bridesmaids. That impresses people and makes the parents happy. So you just got all your like bridesmaids dresses laying around on the floor. You dirty <laughs> girl. Heaps. She isn't even betrothed to anyone. She just is like, she's a princess. She's going to end up getting married. Stop leaving your clothes around the room. Go down the river and clean your crap up is really. Mm-hmm. And it, and Nausicaa wakes up and is like, yeah, let me Dang, do that. That's quite a dream I had. <laughs> so she's like, dad, can I take the car down to the river me and my friends are going to wash all my clothes <laughs> so I can get married <laughs> and her someday. dad, whose name is something. Um, Al- Alcinous. Alcinous? Al- Alcinous. Alcinous. Um, it's that Greek K that sometimes I don't know. Here, I'm going to look it up. Okay. Uh, while I, you keep telling me uh, what's happening. So I Your will Emma, say... Emma saying is going to help me out. Okay. I will me. say that Nausicaa, her name means burner of ships. Um... As we find later in this Alcinous. chapter, Alcinous. Alcinous. Um, so Nausicaa's name means burner of ships. Um, at one point in this chapter, she is just like so. She goes down to the river with her friends, and she uh, like washes all her clothes, and then all her friends just like go sunbathing while the clothes dry because that's how that works. Mm-hmm. And they start playing like a ball game. It's unspecific what game they're playing. Baseball, softball, cricket. Cabin ball. Doesn't we don't really know. Um I thought and you said cricket, but I thought you said quicken, which is a different <laughs> She's doing her loans. She's just doing some she's like balancing her checkbook. <laughs> um apparently there's a there's a second century BC grammarian andrew named agalus who credits nausicaa with the creation of ball games um, and that's far enough back that you know everyone's right but she's like not is she real i don't even like there's some debate as to where faisha even is correct like how can she invent ball games i don't know did you I also don't know. do you also know there's a there's a race of Star Trek creatures called the Nausicans, Andrew? Do you remember that? I did know I did know that. Yeah, they uh battle well, young Captain Picard fights with a Nausican and um and because young Captain Picard is very brash and very outgoing, and so he gets in the fight with a Nausican and they like stab him through the heart, and so he has this artificial heart. 
And he thinks, oh, I was so young and so foolish. Like if I had it to go back and do again, I would do it different. And Q is like, hey, I have infinity powers because I'm Q, I'm John Delancey. I'm here to like do whatever. And so they go and Captain Picard like doesn't doesn't get in the fight with the Nausicaan and like disappoints his friends. And then he is like a nothing, nobody science officer instead of a cool captain, because it turns out that his experience being a brash young man taught him what he needs to know about being a, a being Starfleet a, captain. a good Starfleet guy. Huh. And uh, and so he goes back again because Q can just like do whatever, like no the no rules just right. Like Q's got it all figured out. And so they go back again and he gets in the fight with the Noskin. And then he wakes up and was it a dream? Was it not? Was it just some Q nonsense? Nobody knows. I love this book of the Odyssey so much. So yeah, and that's where the the sixth season of Star Trek the the was like season six episode something I believe it's called Tapestry. It's a good episode of Star Trek TNG. You go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's definitely a buy. It's a little um, show we got to make this Star Trek. We I, like if if you don't watch Star Trek, this it's not going to get off the ground. Like we got to support this thing. That's so. true. So mm-hmm. all all this to say that Nasca's plan. <laughs> playing baseball or whatever with her friends and they basically like their ball gets like the equivalent of getting like tossed on your neighbor's roof like their ball like falls down a hole and they're all like sad about it and start yelling and this yelling wakes up up i want everybody to know that i did we didn't plan the noskin thing like we weren't going to talk about it that's just like the baseline knowledge that i have about noskins yeah i i think i expect you to go oh yeah neat and then maybe tell me what character was related well then like later in the show whenever they just want to like whenever there's listing aliens they'll always just like throw noskins in there like they don't factor into the show it's just like oh here's an established thing that people will remember okay because they look like they're in guar Okay, so Odysseus hears the yelling of the uh-huh. of the, the ball yelling ladies. of the ball playing ladies, and he wakes up. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know if these are nymphs or what. And he jumps out of the bushes. Andrew, what does he do? Um, so he jumps out from the bushes, grasping a leafy branch. He broke it off to cover up his manly private parts, just as a mountain lion trusts its strength and beaten by the rain and wind, its eyes burn bright as it attacks the cows or sheep or wild deer and hunger drives it on to try the sturdy pens of sheep. So need impelled Odysseus to come upon the girls with pretty hair, though he was naked, all caked with salt. He looked a dreadful sight. They ran along the shore, quite terrified. Some here, some there, but Nasca stayed still. Athena made her legs stop trembling and gave her courage in her heart. She stood there. He wondered, should he touch her knees or keep some distance? And he used charming words to beg the pretty girl to show him to the town and give him clothes. At last, he thought it best to keep some distance and use words to beg her. The girl might be alarmed at being touched. His words were calculated flattery. Yeah. So Odysseus like learns about consent in that moment a little bit. He just thinks about like maybe me, the weirdo caked in salt with a branch over my ding dong should not just like grab this strange girl by the knees and ask her for clothes. So this was an interesting (laughs) idiom that I laughed at a lot. And then it crops up again in book seven and it appears to be a like supplication. Right. Yeah. No, it it is a it's a it's a supplication thing, but still just the visual. (laughs) The visual of the salt man. Yes, and and then when he does emerge holding a leafy branch in front of his manly private parts, 
Yeah. God, I, love I mean, this how else would they be? So much. Just translation <laughs> rules. Uh, his basic story is, "Hey, lady, you look like a magic tree I saw once, <laughs> and I need your help. Um, yeah, I need you. Like you're so wonderful, you transfix me, but I am desperate." Um, he starts telling his story about how he came from Ogigia and and the gods are mean to him. Um, I've been trying. Well, I think, to... like like we saw with with Telemachus, he speaks very formally, and I yes. don't know to to because he he's not just any old guy. He he speaks he's with this very like this very fluffy and formal language, like with lots of flattery and stuff. So I think that that helps set him apart from just you know whatever like weird Gary who just like lives <laughs> in the bushes. <laughs> sure. Why did we not know that this guy was out here in our kingdom? Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out, like as I've been trying to, this these two chapters didn't have too much like irregular verse stuff going on. Um, but when he's telling his story, he says, uh, "My lady, pity me, battered and wrecked. I come to you, you first, and I know no one else in this whole country." Um, so there's like some fun trokey stuff where Wilson's in like inverting the stresses on battered. Um, B B starting words usually do that in this type of verse, and I also like. Um, there's a thing. I don't, do you know what a masculine or a feminine ending is, Andrew? Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, let's say no. Okay, great. Um, so unless it is, unless it's like Spanish. So it is a term that comes from um like prosody, which is the study of verse form. Um, masculine endings are verse lines that end with a stressed syllable and feminine endings are, uh, syllables where it's like an unstressed syllable. So, um, come to you, you first has a masculine ending cause first gets a stress and then no one else in this whole country is a feminine ending. And usually like if you're acting lines with feminine endings, there's, you can take it two ways where it's like, it allows you to run into the next line very easily um, or it's like it's kind of like an open palm gesture, like it is a little bit of a supplication thing there, which is kind of so. Neat. Like, is that the, is that the narrative purpose of of doing that, or is it just like a, a way that the text it is sounds? It's the way that that the text sounds, but it is there for you in your reading of it if it is helpful. Um, I was surprised to find that apparently this comes from like French. And the way that the majority of the gendered nouns in French have their stresses fall. Um, but it's still a weird, like, how we ended up... I mean, it's not surprising that we ended up with, like, gender norms in language, right? Because that just is a thing that's been No, I mean, like, most of, so the, most of the romance languages <laughs> yeah. have, like, gendered nouns and verbs and all, all all that stuff is built yeah. into the language um so yeah that's that's the one that leapt out at me in this chapter but anyway so he's he's like hey help me out the gods messed with me um also if you do help me i bet the gods will give you marriage which is totally the coolest thing in the world i mean like he it's comes out he comes out saying you know whoever marries you is gonna be so lucky because you're so cool but if you help me the weird salt man with a bush <laughs> over my ding dong, then 
you'll be like extra married. <laughs> yeah. And everyone will be the the and everyone will envy your marriage. So he talks her into giving him some clothes and yep. letting him like wash in the river. So he does that. And then what happens? This okay. So this... someone so Athena is back, right? She's around. Um and he's washing himself. He has said, like, don't, he's like, please, like, step away while I wash. And they do. You'll see my manly private parts, um, which I have heretofore covered with a leafy branch. And he's all clean, and he puts on these clothes. Um, and then Athena made him look bigger and sturdier and made his hair grow curling tendrils like a hyacinth. As when Athena and Hephaestus teach a knowledgeable craftsman every art, and he pours gold on silver, making objects more beautiful, just so Athena poured attractiveness across his head and shoulders. Then he went off and sat beside the sea. His handsomeness was dazzling. <laughs> so Athena just dumps this. Just hot on him. Like horny potion. Yeah. On him. And makes him so hot. Like he's pretty hot already. He's Odysseus after all. It's weird. It's it's funny because when they talk so so after this they go to um to uh, Nasca's dad's house. Alcinous is that his name? That's what you said. Alcinous's house, and Odysseus. Like they talk about Odysseus eating, and he's so like battered by the sea and by his long imprisonment, and he's like. He's starved and eaten all this stuff and he's kind of weak or whatever. Like that the way he's described there and the way he's described elsewhere when he needs to like impress somebody kind of stands in a weird like opposition. Well, and I think it's like Athena, so Athena clearly is helping him Yeah, that's what I was gonna here say here a little bit, but I don't know. She's just kind of accentuating what is already there. Like hey, you pouring, gotta accentuate pouring the gold, positive. Pouring gold on silver, making objects more beautiful. Like clearly he's beautiful already, but Athena's yeah. just there to help him. She's just turning up the knob a little bit, you know? Just enhancing the picture. As yeah, it just kind of just airbrushing Odysseus. <laughs> so the plan is Nausicaa's like, hey, you can come in to my town. Um, go make sure you talk to my mom. She leans against pillars all the time. Um, she's very wise and, uh, I'm going to go in first because if people just see me walking around town with you, they will shame me for like being involved with a man before marriage. And then the vague implication, like she tells him to go for her mom first. And I think the implication is that where her mom goes, her dad will follow. Yes, that there is kind a, of a, a power by the a power behind the throne, and situation. this is we're talking about Arit or Arete, depending. I don't know how the pronunciation goes. Arit, um, who is the or, daughter yeah. of Alcinous's brother Rexenor. Uh Apollo killed Rex, and then Alcinous was like, "All right, I'm gonna marry your daughter. Let's go," because. Uh, ancient greece i guess um, <laughs> how about every royal family across all of time how yes. about that okay. so then so then we're getting into book seven um odysseus is is supposed to like go into a separate part of town wait a little bit until nausicaa gets home and then he's yeah. supposed to like walk into the throne room so he hangs back and he sees this little girl in pigtails 
And he goes up and asks her to like help him into the city. But guess what? It's Athena dressed as a little girl in pigtails. Yes, the pigtailed Athena, which is a great, adorable, chibi Athena in this chapter. Chibi Athena. <laughs> and she is calling him Mr. Foreigner, which is the funniest. I can't and it's, believe. Again, like getting to a weird sort of tension in the in the text yeah. about stuff. Like at the at the end of book six, Odysseus says, um, he prayed to mighty Zeus's daughter. He's praying to Athena here. Hear me, daughter of Zeus, unvanquished queen. If ever when that earth shaker God was wrecking me, you helped me. May they pity me and give me kind welcome in Phaeacia. And Athena heard him, but not did not yet appear to him, respecting her own uncle in his fury against Odysseus till he reached home. So she's kind of trying to have it both ways where mm. I mm-hmm. guess she won't appear to him as herself out of respect to Poseidon, weirdly, but... She will like disguise herself as all kinds of different stuff. She will dump sexy potion on him to make she, him sexier. She will surround She'll, him with quote a mist that kept him safe from rude remarks. Man, I could use that mist. You know, need that on Twitter. Am I right? All, Let's go. I'll use that mist, <laughs> which I think actually is later revealed to be like an invisibility mist. Um, yeah, like no one can see, no one can see either of them. So, so Nausicaa spends all this time telling him like how to approach the town, like yeah, be careful, like, like very, yeah. very discreetly, and and be careful because you don't want people to talk, whatever, whatever. And then a god just shows up and like covers them with fog, so yes. nobody can see him. And then he, we get this description of the palace. Um, it's very gorgeous. It's very wonderful. Uh, Odysseus is walking in. He's still basically invisible until he literally walks into the throne room and hugs the knees of the queen Arete or Arete. Mm-hmm. And gonna, then I'm the mist. I'm going to see if Emma has a. Okay. And the mist disappears as he's hugging her knees, which is terrifying. <laughs> like, I did not know there was a man in the room. Now there is this gorgeous, uh, attractive, dipped man hugging my knees um he's just covered in honey he's honey, covered I in honey and olive oil um and alcinius gives this speech where he's Emma like says a rate or arate so okay i guess a rate we've covered we've hit all of them so these pronunciations fine. are making me a rate hey um and a rate takes it kind of in stride and alcinius is like hey who's this guy he seems like maybe he's a god, but actually the gods like us a lot, so usually they don't disguise themselves around us, which was like a weird boast. <laughs> How often does this happen that they are this cool with it? Like, the, the, how often do sexy men just show up out of nowhere hugging her knees that they, that they don't have more to say about this? I don't know. I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find the actual passage because I I just remember that it was so wild that Alcinous was like, listen, we usually see the gods' faces. Um this is Al Alcinous talking to his his court i guess um listen lords hear what my heart commands the feast is over go home go to bed at dawn we will call more of our best men and host the stranger in our halls and offer fine sacrifices to the gods then plan how we may help his journey so our guests may travel quickly without pain or trouble encountering no trouble on the way 
however far away it is until he reaches home. Once there, he must endure whatever was spun out when he was born by fate and by the heavy ones, the spinners. But if he is a mortal come from heaven, the gods have changed their ways since in the past they used to show themselves to us directly whenever we would give them hecatombs. They sit and eat among us, even if just one of us meets them alone, out walking, they do not hide from us. We are close friends, as are the giants and the cyclopic peoples. Yes, um, and then is Odysseus that what you're is, thinking of? Yes, and then Odysseus is like, no, I'm normal. No, 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 no. My no, height no. is normal. I look I am like not, a human. <laughs> I am not like the deathless gods in heaven. My height is normal. I look like a human. <laughs> totally a cool human thing that a normal human would I say. I am definitely not a cop. I am the height my, of a my, not cop. My height is normal. I look like a human in pain. I am a match for any man, whoever you may know that suffers most. I could tell many stories of the dangers that I have suffered through. God's willed it so. And then he's like, but let me eat all this food because I'm super hungry. And Alcinius is like, yeah, you seem pretty cool. Do You, you seem want... cool and hungry. Do you want to marry my daughter? No, you don't. That's fine. We'll let you leave. Like, there's he. There's a little bit of a debate about how Nausicaa handled meeting him because she did not just bring him in directly. And yeah, it's a, it's like another thing where her. yeah, Athena was the one who like engineered this weird roundabout thing. Yes. And then he ends up just saying, my heart is not the type to feel anger for no good reason. Moderation is always best. Athena, Zeus, Apollo, what a congenial man you are. I wish you would stay here and marry my own daughter and be my son. <laughs> I would give you a home and wealth if you would like to stay. If not, we would we will not keep you here against your will. May Zeus not have it so. So I guess this is a moment where I don't know how old anyone is. He'll just offer his daughter up to like any... Any guy who walks in the door. And this is a this is like multiple times they reference this place as like they seem pretty cool, but they sat out the Trojan War. They seem pretty cool, but Athena needs to shroud him in insult mist because they are suspicious of like refugees. Like there is an element of who is this stranger? They seem just a little weirdly separate from the rest of the of the of yes. Greece, like of of the world too, and, which and I it, which I guess is what it would need to be, because anybody who's Greek is going to know Odysseus. Anybody correct. on the Trojan side is going to be dead. <laughs> I <laughs> guess you no need him. Odysseus. You need him to yeah. come to like a mythical Switzerland to sure <laughs> to have this like neutral platform where nobody would know anything about him. Nobody would know the story because after this, I'm not sure if it's the next book or the one after is when he starts t telling the story of what yes. happened to him and we get into like the real meat of the thing. Yeah, we're going to get a couple books coming up that I'm fairly certain are just Odysseus telling the people of Phaeacia about his life and about what's happened. I think a lot of, I think we've got se like several books about yes, that. Yes, correct. Like a good correct. half dozen at least. Um so we will probably like see at some point referencing that like level of the scenario will kind of fall away as we just get into whatever those stories are. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. He's just I'm surprised like, we talked about that for like 33 minutes. <laughs> well, you did. I did take up a lot of time with that full recap, like that memory alpha <laughs> recap of a Star Trek TNG episode. But yeah, memory I, alpha is the name of the Star Trek fan wiki. Okay. Thank you. Just so I'm just making I'm I, everybody who's listening knows I'm just making sure you know. I thank you for filling me in. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty kind of low key. The the like his relationship to Nausicaa like comes and goes in an instant. Um, he like is cool. He's nice to her for as long as he needs. That's it. Fresh water and clothes, and then after that, it's just like, all right, thanks. I am. Thanks, I, I'll call you. I am both surprised. You have and my not, number, right? <laughs> I'm surprised and not considering that, like Odysseus has in myth this reputation as, like, even though he is supposed to be a hero and a good guy, like he is calculating, he is wily, um, he can he will lie for things as necessary, like. He is a calculating dude. So even the like beat where he decides how to emerge naked from the bushes, like getting a page of how is he going to do this and what is the like he runs game theory on whether or not to talk or like grab a lady's knees. Yeah, I mean, that that's I mean, that that's how you go back to book one, line one. Tell me about a complicated man. Mm, fair. Like that's oh, that's work. Odysseus's thing is he's yeah. complicated sure. and it's not so much Telemachus's thing, but Pen- Penelope gets a lot of it too. It's just like she she the 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 gears are always turning. Like you're never sure exactly what her yes game is. Like like her motivations are not straightforward. His motivations are not straightforward. And e- even in this place where everybody seems pretty cool with giving him like clothes and yep. wine and daughters like he's still <laughs> he's still he's always thinking about it because like the, he has been going home for 10 years yeah and he doesn't like he doesn't know that this is it like he doesn't know that this is the real deal for as far as like as far as he knows he's gonna get trapped into getting married he's gonna have to like hang out here for five years yeah that's a until good he can point. go back like i don't know yeah, there, what there, what isn't present in these two books is a sense of his, like, mortal danger, which, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe in outside of the context of the story, just, like, being a person washing ashore and, like, sort of tricking your way into a throne room for an audience with the king, like, you have to be just on edge, like someone could just ice me for no reason if I say the wrong thing or if they don't believe my story, um, which is the precarious position that Odysseus is in and certainly thinks he's in. Um, Whether, you know, until that guy's like, hey, I wish you would just marry my daughter. I'd love to keep you around. We could love to keep you around. You seem really cool. And you just got that God-given attractiveness glow. Somebody just dumped... (laughs) God, what even is it? Just like, just like petroleum jelly on him to just like make him. (laughs) What if you went up to someone at a bar and you were just like, hey, baby. Hey, baby, I'm covered in Vicks Vapor Rub from head to toe and I would like to go home with you. Hey, baby, can I buy you a drink? It looks like Athena dumped attractiveness on you. What if you jumped out of a bush outside of a bar? (laughs) Covered and just caked in salt with a branch to hide your manly private Heck parts. Yes. Heck and yes. And you talk to a girl so nice, so smooth, and so great. Well, but what if she, she was like, well, I, I guess I will give you clothes and let you take a bath at my un- house. That's unless cool. she has that um, rude remark repelling mist, which is also something that people in bars. That's need. the thing. Yeah. People, I mean, it's a little expensive to buy, but people definitely sell it now. Yeah. It's on, you got to prime that stuff. It's called Mace <laughs> in our timeline. Oh, no. 
It's the mist that 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 repels rude remarks. Oh my god! I think that's gonna do it for this uh, episode of Stop Homer Time. Thank y'all for joining us. Next time, we're gonna find out what happened to Odysseus during his long stay away. Um, Andrew, you know what they say at the end of every episode. Stay away, stay away. That's uh, Enya. What do they? What do we say at the end of every episode? Is this a get out of my house thing? I don't know. What is it? The joke is that we don't know. Oh, okay. I thought maybe I was forgetting something. Um, the thing. Oh, the you mean the thing that we say at the end of every episode? Yeah, that thing. That thing that you say at the end of every episode, which is, here's some clothes. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Stop One More Time. Bye. Right down.